Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's another January transfer market excitement edition of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well very quickly. As per usual, a thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Kreb Yevdomikov. And of course, to all of our other wonderful patrons, if you would like to join and join the discourse of high-level transfer discussion that is going on currently, patreon.com slash Roma Press. And again, YouTube at Roma Press, like, subscribe, all of all of that good stuff. I, it's, it gets repetitive after a while. Nobody pays attention to it. But I'm saying, no, if you could do that, we would appreciate it. I I don't even know where to start, Andy, because I admittedly um, I, I haven't been pounding the phones as I do most Januarys because of technical stuff with the website. Uh, but the one thing I have been plugged into, which admittedly, again, it is like finding out how they say never meet your superheroes or never meet your heroes or you never want to know how the how the sausage is actually made. Uh, having this full insight on uh, what is going on with uh, Leo Spinazzola, I, I, I truly wish I just never knew most of these things because whether you want to believe it or not, getting rid of Spinazzola versus keeping him was the biggest key into whether or not Roma would be able to have a transfer market or not. You have said it before. I have said it to an exhaustive level. Um, this guy, how onerous he is on the books of Roma, cannot be understated. And I know people think about how much he cost, his wage, and 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 you just think about it, and you just and, and I understand so why this would be the case when you look at the entire. Uh, when you look at the entire squad of Roma, you would think to yourself, well, there's no way. I mean, you have Lukaku, you have Paolo Dybala, and you go down the list of names. And it's, again, understandable as to why people would not believe that Spinazzola, why, uh, why we should believe that whether we sell him or not is the key to actually having a January transfer market. It's like, come on, man, he's... Second, third choice, left back at this point. That, that can't be possible, can it? It cannot be possible that this guy is the deciding factor uh, for whether or not Roma are able to do a January market. And unfortunately, that, that is the case. So when you go through the list of names as to how much they cost, so I don't know if this is going to depress you or not. Uh, you, I, I know I, the number. I, I know the number. Okay, well, I, I I had to pull it up because I I in the summer I created a list for our patrons um, as a as a sort of guide for everyone to go off of. So we know who the most expensive is, yeah. When you when you look at this list, just let, I had to forewarn you at some point earlier today to sit down before we go through some things. Yes, I think we should warn everybody now to sit sit down because right now we are going to go through the list, okay, very quickly of the cost of Roma squad, okay? So just be forewarned, this this is not pretty, okay? Uh, it, it's 
depressing, depending on your overall or general attitude toward life. How you interpret this is going to be very, very, very different um, based upon just generally how you uh, how you operate your life. So we know who the most expensive is. Yeah, you go first because when we start up at the top and we go lower or we go through some of the bigger names and we start revealing who the most important are. And then you realize to yourself, oh, wow, Roma have gotten a some total of zero essentially for most of these guys. It's not a great feeling. So let's start off at the top. Andy, who is the most expensive? Is it Lukaku? No, well, no, 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 no. So Lukaku, Lukaku, Come Lukaku, on. Lukaku. Oh, hold Lukaku. on, hold on. Yeah, well, hold on. Lukaku cost I'm looking at the list. I have prior to the arrival million. of Lukaku. I have prior to the arrival of Lukaku. Ah, there you go. Because Lukaku is costing you around 16 million. Okay. 16.5, something like that. Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham and probably what? Yeah. So Tammy Abraham, total annual cost, uh, 13.1 million. Okay. Now that then is. The, then the second one has to be Spinazzola. It is. I think he's second or third because Spinazzola. It is, it is Leo Spinazzola. 11.75 uh, million yeah. per year. Yeah. This guy. Every single year. And now, just to, again, sort of make this easier to understand, what goes into that? You have the gross wage, okay? You have the transfer fee, the annual cost. It's amortized over the life of the contract. So if, to make the math easy, Roma pay $5 million for a guy, and he say, signs a five-years contract. He amortizes at one million per year over the life of that contract. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, so you have gross wage, uh, the transfer fee, amortization rate, and then you also have, um, yeah, that's it. That's what you have. So when you add, <laughs> when you add his transfer fee annual amortization cost with the gross wage, eleven point six seven. Five million per year. So, uh, two of the top three at Roma this season: uh, Lukaku, Tammy Abraham, Spinazzola. Not great, as I've said numerous times on this podcast. There's not what that, it's. It's not great. But can I be the the guy that finds the silver lining in it? Because I know you know you. I didn't. Besides the fact that it, he, he he's he's over in June. Is that the silver that's lining? What that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> you know, the preface to this to this whole portion of the show that that you introduced is that you know you've been uh, you've been going back and forth with his guys with Spinazzola's guys. And it's never pleasant. Let's not say guys. Let's just say one person. One, because one at person. this point, he doesn't go on the record with me. Let's be very clear. He hasn't gone on the record. No, he will not go on the record with me. He, he does not like no, me. No, no. But he will still talk because he it's knows okay, that we'll... we'll get through it. It's okay. No, it's just let me just give some context because, you know, you, you threw yourself into this and uh, the emotions got the best of you. So what John <laughs> is trying to say is that John has been going back and forth with the guy who represents Spinazzola. And the guy who represents Spinazzola is constantly sending stuff out to the media, talking about how Spinazzola is wanted over here, over there. But then behind the scenes, Spinazzola 
wants a higher contract than whatever he makes here. And here he's already making a ton of money considering his output, his performances over the last few years, the injury that had him sidelined. I mean, Roma are paying him, what, 3.5 million, 3 million, something yes. like that? Net. So, net. net. That's, for, that's for a guy who delivers the kind of performances that Spinazzola has been delivering since that injury that he suffered in, in the Euro. Um, and that's almost four years ago. Uh, so what I'm trying to say here is that we we see, obviously, that here is the prime example of a player that costs a lot of money but fails to deliver. And Roma are plagued with players like Spinazzola who could have been sold last summer. Yes. But again, if somebody is asking for exorbitant amounts of money the clubs that are interested at some point will wave their hand and go after somebody else instead. And that's exactly what happened to Spinazzola and what continues to happen because he could have left in this transfer window. And yet once again, his demands are too exorbitant. It seems like it's almost like a, like a player that is out of touch with reality. And so, Spinazzola, who seemed destined to leave Roma in January. And so this was the last chance that Roma had in order to monetize just a little bit off Correct. his sale. Roma will lose him now as a free agent in June. And uh, But the, now here's the silver lining, because a lot of people, <laughs> and we'll get to these rumors and but the news. I don't have to deal with Leapy anymore. That's the only one I well, found. No, maybe no, you shed but, something I haven't found yet. Come on. No, it, well, here it is. So Roma uh, will be facing a real revolution this summer. Uh, and this oh. ties into the names that we've been seeing uh, recently. So a lot of people are concerned and, or, or, or surprised that Roma are looking into somebody like Tommaso Baldanzi, who even before that, I used to say that a guy like him in, in, for Roma, given their circumstances, out of touch because uh, Empoli, uh, Starlet, they're going to keep asking a lot of money for him, one of the brightest talents uh, in Italian football. But the situation has changed because the player has been injured for the majority of the season and also Empoli are horrible and they're going to be probably relegated. Um, <laughs> what What is the silver lining in this situation? Is that Roma, exactly, they will be in a situation that will favor a revolution. Because, because what? Because Rui Patricio becomes a free agent. You know how much Rui Patricio costs you per, per year? Five million per year. That's his annual cost. Spinazzola, yes. he becomes a free agent. He costs you 11.7 million per year. Okay, those are guys that become free agents. And then you have the termination of loans of Lukaku. Lukaku costs you around 17 million per year. Renato Sanchez, four million per year. Llorente and Christensen, possibly because uh, Llorente is also on a dry loan, so both will cost you around five million. And then you have Asmun, three million. So that's why Roma, when they're looking at next summer and also in the, in the final days of this window, they can start to plan ahead because there's going to be a lot of money that will not be spent on aging players, on players with injury issues, on players who are on loan. 
That those exits of Rui Patricio, Spinazzola, Lukaku, Renato Sanchez, Llorente, Christensen, and Asmon should give Roma, should see Roma finally enter an era where they have some uh, maneuver, you know, some, mm. some, some way, because that means that Roma will have freed up over 45 million euros per year. Okay, yes. so that's... That's 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 a lot of good that could be that could be about four signings right there, you know? Important with, signings, not with just a, yeah, with, yeah, no, important signings I with mean, an average of say three million uh euros per year net. So that would be that that would be a blessing for Roma to find themselves in a position where all of a sudden all these guys that have, have been weighing on your books and uh a lot of them just don't have a, a future at the club because hey, I like Asmun as much as the next guy, but yes, he costs you three million and he's your third choice off the bench, eh, you know. Uh, and especially if he costs you twelve million, I'm not sure if I want to splash twelve million. Um, same thing with with Diego Llorente. great great guy to have. He's been he's been exceeding expectations for somebody who came from Leeds United on a dry loan time and time again. But is this a profile that Roma want to pursue as they plan ahead and as they plan a new version of Roma? Because clearly the club, by looking at somebody like Baldanzi, are looking in a different direction. That's a player who's 20 years old, who has still so much to prove in Serie A. When was the last time that Roma did that? Um so of a with a player of of his type, you know, small little guy, fantasista, a bit of like Paulo Dybala, but you know, not the big physical guy who is, for example, Davide Fratesi, right? This is a completely different profile. This is shows that Roma may be looking in a different direction, and the circumstances that I've just described of Roma having all of this money just free up. 45 million per year. Think about it. Between all those players that I listed, who is worth the money that we mentioned? Lukaku. That's it. I mean, look, that's, Luka, that's the, the only name that could, you know, because of his superstar power and because of the goals that he's been scoring, that's the only real name that you can justify by looking at those numbers. Otherwise, it's tough. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, people have to consider that there's going to be a lot of change in the summer and i think what we're seeing what we're starting starting to see now and i want to also touch up on this big conspiracy theory that is going around that roma are becoming active in the market just because Mourinho has left the club right uh, oh come it doesn't oh. it's that's it, it was oh. always going to be that way come on guys when did we sign romelu lukaku in the final days of the summer it's always like that, especially for Roma, who must first offload a player. So, for example, if they want to sign Angelino, who is 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 uh, is close to 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 the club right now from Leipzig, uh, yes, they have to first get rid of somebody. You can only get those deals done near the end, where teams are desperate, when teams are are still looking for cheaper alternatives, when you can finally get all the intermediaries and agents in one room in a miserable hotel in Milan, get them oh. all hooked up and all 
you know, uh, drunk. There's no and, greater and, hell on earth. Yes, I can. I I don't even hotel, want to imagine Milan. Oh my I god! I don't even the, want to the, imagine the, the, you know having Carnevale the, talking into my ear, then having the cousin of Raiola in my other ear. You know, <laughs> terrible, terrible nightmare stuff. The sweat, the smell, oh, terrible, oh, terrible. Oh, cheap but, alcohol and cigars. That's where, oh. that's that's a that's football that's where the deals get done that's how and yes. so for roma <laughs> this is not a big conspiracy against Mourinho. it's just the reality of the situation they are now trying to offload potentially kumbula they're trying to offload uh, uh, renato sanchez who may interrupt his own. so those are things that roma have to take into account in order to bring somebody else in uh but i think th- there is a clear change of attitude right now with Roma. I don't know if if it's because Thiago Pinto is going to leave soon or maybe they've already found his replacement, but I feel like there's been a change in the tide in terms of here's Roma that is dealing with all the hardship that the January transfer window involves, and yet they seem to already be looking ahead, which to me is a positive sign. Yes, well... Here, I think, is a is a massive misconception. Whether you and I want to, no matter how many times you and I say it, I think there is a very flawed understanding of the market. What you and I just laid out, the annual cost of players, that is truly how clubs evaluate players when it comes to whether or not they can afford them. They take the annual cost, Romelu Lukaku, even if he is on loan, his wages are significant. How much is he going to cost to us in, in any given year? That is what they care about, the annual cost of these guys. You know, this is not like FIFA uh, uh, on the PlayStation where just because you paid $2 millions for a guy uh, one year ago that, uh, you, you know, if you if you get an offer for 500000 you should just take it and run. No, it's not as simple as that. So many things go into this. So many things. So th- this isn't, again, as easy as it seems on the PlayStation. It, it It is far more complex. But what you and I laid out as to the annual cost, that is how clubs evaluate these guys. The problem I have with the current state of things, and again, I'm more so going to levy a lot of this onto Spinazzola. Let me rephrase. I'm going to levy a lot of this onto the situation of Spinazzola because I said this before we we recorded today. I said this in the group chat. I said, listen, a player that costs as much as Spinazzola should never be allowed, unless he is somebody of the ilk of Mbappé, should never be allowed to enter the final year of his contract like this when he costs this much. When you have allowed this player to be such a weight onto your books as a club when you have allowed him to uh, to remain for nearly the entire length of his contract you cannot afford not to monetize onto him particularly knowing there is zero zero chance of a renewal so i blame tiago pinto for this and i think when we Look back, and I, I don't want to do it now, obviously, but when we look back on the era of Tiago Pinto, there were some good deals. There were some bad. A lot of a sporting director, in my opinion, we look at incoming, outgoing. We look at the work on the market. But for me, the 
bigger, the, the more important things are how you manage who you already have at your disposal. For me, Sabatini, as much as I loved how much player trading he did, you know what I hated most? I hate the fact that he gave commissions and just absurd figures to Florenzi. Same thing with Monchi. These are the things that I truly believe are far more important than the actual player trading because every sporting director can do player trading. That's the that's the easy part, in my opinion. The more difficult part is managing both fiscally and from an on-the-pitch perspective, the squad. And that is one aspect of Tiago Pinto that I think he needs to drastically improve, particularly when you are at a club like Roma. I think a lot of people, for instance, maybe some of the of the group who are under this impression that Roma are only purchasing players or becoming active on the market because Jose Mourinho is, is gone. This is not the Premier League. This is not even the top two or three clubs in Spain. This is not Bayern Munich. This is not PSG. This is AS Roma, okay? A, a team that Dan Friedkin has poured hundreds of millions of euros into and is still, despite all of that, still in the absolute, in the crosshairs of UEFA, in the, I won't say the dump, but, but getting closer to the bin as to their actual financial situation. And a lot of it has to do with roster. A lot of it has to do with other things as well that don't directly come from things on the pitch. But this is not like, I, I don't know when some people got this impression that Roma were going to be this free spending, wheeling and dealing, you know, something like we see at Newcastle United now. That was never going to happen, even with Dan Friedkin. I think, that was, I, I think the, the only thing that may have led some people to believe that it was the first transfer window under Jose Mourinho, because that no. was the first transfer window that the Friedkins could operate in as owners. And obviously, there was more leeway there. So they spent, what, $100 million in total? Yes. Um, and but, for anyone who doesn't know, after, there's leeway there by UEFA, because they give leeway to new ownership for the first exactly. 12 months and then, and then after they acquisition. Come, then they come bite you in the ass after you do Correct. Correct. They allow you to spend, then when you spend, they come and bite you. And uh, and but but this has a, this applies to to most uh, Italian clubs so far. I mean, you look at what Juve have signed. Juve have signed just Giallo. Juve have signed Giallo. They are in the race for Scudetto. They have a number of uh, injuries up front and in the midfield with Federico Chiesa constantly injured. So they were looking to also strengthen that department. They haven't. Um, Inter, the team that is just free flowing and everything's going beautiful. Same for them. They they're they're stuck, and it's not that they're stuck. It's just that the whole environment of Italian football more or less understands that the deals really get done in those final six seven days of the window. This is the time <laughs> where every single sporting director, agent, and intermediary that wants to do uh, some business goes takes a ticket first class ticket to milan and they all get together in that awful um, hotel in the city center and uh, and they they stay there and they they talk shop and they meet and and that's where so you know when you have these 
reports that, for example, ah, Tiago Pinto is flying there spe specifically for Tommaso Baldanzi. No, Tiago Pinto right now is flying there because he's got the last week of his career at Roma to, to do some work. And he's got uh, several situations to address. He's got some Primavera players who are wanted by Serie B clubs. He's got uh, Marash Kumbula with uh, per perhaps a future somewhere else on a, on a loan. Uh, but that will be complicated because he's been out for so long with this ACL injury. Renato Sanchez, what do you do with him? What do you do with Zeki Selik? Does an offer arrive from Turkey? If it arrives, do you get rid of him? You know, all these things that then once you have done that, you can focus on potential signing. But those will be limited. And I think Correct. the one thing that is interested, it's interesting to me, about this because uh, honestly transfer market stuff is always just so one note and uh and and it's a lot of noise you know a lot of smoke yes but what is interesting is all of a sudden the names that we see appear in the media are completely different from the ones that we were seeing before uh, correct and that that okay then that has to do with who is in charge in terms of daniele de rossi came in and he's like listen i don't want another center back we're going to hold it down here with the players that we have at our disposal. We're going to play with a four-man back line, and uh, we need pace. So we need a winger. Potentially, we need a, a, a backup option to Spinazzola because clearly he's not up to it. We need pace. We need dribbling. Uh, we need somebody that can take on his man and can cross the ball. That's because we're going we're gonna to try and play with a one-touch quickly, move quickly around the pitch, and uh and and try be a bit more offensive and 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 that's that's something that you can tell from the names that appear because all of a sudden you don't have Saglar Soyunku or Leonardo Bonucci <laughs> right. being linked to you you don't have big physical guys or big veterans who are supposed to bring uh just that physical aspect to the team you know um no you actually get smaller guys with technical skills and perhaps pace and perhaps dribbling ability and and that know how to uh, to 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 read uh the midfield and know how to get a cross in and and so i think there is something to be said about roma addressing that the the fact that hey a new coach comes in and i'm glad that these names are popping up because it means that de rossi is not being treated like a doormat um you know, who just comes in and as an interim manager and is just, okay, whatever you say, just shut up and accept whatever whatever happens, whatever we deliver to you. No, there is clearly a, an intention to to try and, and, and facilitate this, uh, this new experience for him as a manager by bringing players that could satisfy the way he intends to play with Roma. So that to me is the big takeaway, that all of a sudden De Rossi comes in and the players that we're looking at are completely different. And that doesn't mean that it's be that it's better or worse. It's just there is a clear change. And also the names that we're seeing uh, are names that could potentially be part of the future, right? If you bring yes. in someone like Tommaso Baldanzi, if, that's a big if, that's a huge if. But yes, if, and if you're looking at him, it means that you're already behind the scenes. That's not a player that you sign on loan with the intention of sending him back at the end of the season. That's a player that you bring in to become part of the team on a long-term project. And I'm curious about that, about 
what were the discussions behind the room you know and and who is calling the shots now is somebody like Tommaso Balanci still Tiago Pinto's work was this brought on by some some agent or do Roma already have a plan drawn up behind the scenes that we don't know about well that is the interesting thing to me too because when you have somebody like Tiago Pinto and the situation he is in essentially this this lame duck director so to speak I I can't express enough how much that complicates any dealing with an agent it's already a pain in the backside to deal with these people on a regular day but when you are in this uncertain position you your role is uncertain so I as the agent I don't I can I can I can negotiate with you now any assurances any promises you give to me now they're going to be null and void the second you walk out that door of Trigoria so I, I'm going to be very apprehensive. It's happened a lot of times to Roma. This, this, you know, the, the, the it, it, we all know how how the fact that uh, when when a new coach comes in, right? You have right. a player who, for example, is promised a lot of playing time under a certain coach, and then the coach gets up and leaves or is fired, and and that changes the entire plan. So. With sporting directors and agents, there is an even deeper need for guarantees. Tiago Pinto is in the awkward position of being just one week away from the end of his contract. So right. he's got, and he's got a, a still a transfer window to work on, and potentially uh, uh, the future of our season, the fate of our season, and the, the fate. If you sign somebody like Bandalci, that's the fate of the club in the long term. That is at stake. It, it is a very awkward position, and this is something that I was hoping Roma would avoid. Obviously, I, I would prefer to have somebody already in place that you know, and I'm sure even the players that are coming and the agents that are negotiating with Roma currently. I mean, do you think you can, uh, with Thiago Pinto, who was announced to leave in February? I don't know. Can you do? Can you, can you bring in somebody else? As his contract is still valid, and have him run the market. I well, I what I would do is exactly what they did when they appointed him. They they announced his his appointment in what uh, November, and he began to work uh, one month later. So to no, speak. just January. Uh, no, no, he came correct. in January. In January, yeah, correct. So I I would have preferred that they already had somebody in place or at least known but, but, who but the Thiago Pinto, when he came on there was nobody there so the situation was different well we had somebody uh no in we didn't have any well no. okay hold no. on hold Finger on was but, gone. Well, it was gone that summer i know but there was a certain a certain ceo who was for all intents and purposes doing all of the transfer market stuff with a certain agent come on uh, what, are, what are you talking about? Why am I having a brain lapse now? Every what anytime are you I need to, about? come on, the CEO. Um, but he's, he's now probably... working at the team of uh, 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 Cristiano Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia. Gan Fienga? Yeah, yes. Yeah, but I told, I said it. Fienga left in the summer, John. No, 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 no. no. He left in the summer, but we remember he entrusted. He was working with one agent. There was yeah. one specific yeah. agent yeah. that he was working okay. with that was basically yeah, but he left in the summer. So Roma had nobody the... to to watch over the team. Tiago Pinto arrives in January, and he's immediately called into action. Correct. Okay, he was immediately called into action that entire time. He was. 
So what I'm saying now is that- Oh, here, I'm going to be careful all I say this. An agent by the last name of Busardo has played a very large role mm. at Roma in these recent seasons. Not only he in has... Roma. He's one of those oh, guys. Yeah. Well, he's, a, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's a fixer. I, if I say his name, he's one of those guys that when you message him, he calls you immediately. So I'm sure just by saying his name, I'm going to give the call. He is. He has played a very large role. He has done a lot of negotiation on, on behalf of, of Roma. I, I understand what you are saying. I, I'm more so... It would have been nice to at least have a plan because from any, when you are negotiating for these guys, the agents again, they want to know who they are going to be dealing with. Any promise that you, any promise that Tiago Pinto makes to me now today, but what do you yeah, do? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll sign you on loan, and then we will do a contract well, at this no, amount. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Into I the bin. With you. I agree with you, and but that my, makes it difficult. Uh, my question is, what do you do if you're wrong? Like, what's the ideal thing? Do you tell Tiago Pinto? You don't, just like Spinazzoli, you don't you don't allow it to get to this point. You either you either split before the season or or you do a renewal. And that is just my that's my general overview. I, I hate anybody going into a final season of the contract without any some form of clarity. But if you split, I, then I you said this some months ago him. with Jose Mourinho and Pinto. I, I like But if you split, you 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 if you split with him earlier. Then it means you're done with with Jose. Now there there can be an argument made that there were two situations to be taken care of. I mean, Jose Mourinho, right after Budapest, some face to face, clear analysis of the situation. Hey, where are we? What are we gonna do? And then Thiago Pinto, because if you if you if you part ways with Pinto at the start of the season, Jose Mourinho uh, is uh, clearly not gonna well, be I, happy with. So I, I think I there would have been just, ways around let's, this, but let's go back, like that. It traces. I understand back. what you are saying. Let's get off this because nobody's going to care. I, like, no, no, no. I, I, I understand what you are saying. Let, let, I, I, I'm just going to say quickly that going back to where it all started, Budapest. You got it yes. all wrong there. After Budapest, all of these situations, Spinazzola, Mourinho, Thiago Pinto, the replacement, the, the future, the long-term future of the club, of the sporting director role, of the manager, all of that needed to be addressed. It wasn't. Yes. That's why you're scrambling in these last few days and you have this awkward situation of Pinto sitting in Milan surrounded by people that know that he's going to be gone in a week's time. Correct. And that's what makes it all the more difficult. And I would have preferred, again, that Roma had never put themselves in this situation to begin with. Um, that aside, though, I, I mean, the guys they are being linked with, not impressive. We always warn people, go into January with the absolute lowest possible expectations um, because you hardly ever can I recall, besides obviously one, where Roma made major overhauls in a January or they acquired the guys that made immediate impact. I, I mean, you have to go into this basically with the belief that Angelino, so to, uh, for instance, this is a guy who is only available because uh, at Galatasaray, it's, it's been a disaster and he needs to find a new situation. Well, it's, not a, it's not been a disaster. It's just that if he plays one more game, they're going to have to buy Correct. him. Correct. So, but th we're talking about a guy who could cost you around four to five million. And he's been, he's collected more assists last season, 10, than... All of our wingers combined I, in the years I, of Mourinho's tenure. Okay. Yes. He, and he would fit perfectly, by the way. When the Bundesliga collected 10 assists last season, and now, okay, he's had a difficult time in Turkey and 
he has to find a new team because Galatasaray do not want to buy him. And so they've kept him benched because otherwise the obligation would have been triggered in his contract. But we're talking about a guy who you could possibly get for four or five million. And he could be an improvement over Leonardo Spinazzola because mind you, your two-year-old son could be an improvement over Leonardo Spinazzola at this moment in time. So for me, the main positive is we're actually addressing the situation of Spinazzola. Okay. And we're not seeing us being linked again with the with another center back because hey maybe there is the 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 the, the confidence that with Chris Smalling potentially coming back what in a month in a month and a half we can hold down the four please with, yeah with four who knows at, at this point and uh, but we're seeing a, sh- a shift so it's Tommaso Baldan would if if Tommaso Baldanzi were to come here is that a is that a is that a negative? Signing, I actually think that is a very hopeful signing. That is a, a, a signing that makes me think, oh, this club actually have something going on behind the scenes with regards to next season. Like there is actually a future. Um, we're not taking on Clément Grenier, you know, like that's the, that's the <laughs> kind of stuff. And that's why it's so important to consider, again, those expiring contracts and the players leaving from on loan uh, in the summer because that gives you a perspective with about what are, what Roma are currently working with. They're working with with a vision, with a notion that there's going to be a lot of money being freed up in just a few months' time. Yeah, I think the situation they are in is a very delicate one. For instance, I see this thing come out today, and I almost had a stroke just reading it. It was about... I think it was from one of the Chelsea accounts. They were quoting uh, Gazzetta dello Sport. They were saying, Roma will only sign Romelu Lukaku if they qualify for Champions League. And then we have some people in the Patreon group going mad saying, oh, my God. You you needed somebody to tweet that, to know that? To, 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 to even understand that that is even a remote possibility? I, and I still think that it is a very remote possibility. It is, even ext- you- it is so remote. Yeah. 37 so- million pounds. It's 37 million pounds, not euros. It's pounds. So that is about 42, 45, 45 million euros, um, which even with the Champions League, I just don't see this current Roma with what they're trying to do also in terms of lowering the cost of the team and everything, just going out of their way to splash 45 million on Romelu Lukaku, on a striker as good as Romelu Lukaku, I still don't see that happening. I don't see it happening either, particularly when you still have Tammy Abraham on your books for again thirteen million per year. It, it, it they just it would be very difficult. Um, we haven't even spoken of Salernitana. Should we end with that? Some deep analysis on. Well, I mean, uh, is 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 back. Paulo Dybala should be back, so we're going to see another phenomenal display of attacking football. Hopefully, God, please, please, let's, I, you know, I, we didn't even address the friendly that they played against Al-Shabaab. I, in the I, 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 it I didn't exist. It's like the... Um, yes, it never what, happened. What do they call that? The what effect? Um, it's like a the more episode, you know, you don't know mm. if what you saw is has any sort of impact or consequence on the next one. You just don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to feel about it. I only know I saw some Primavera players, you know, running up and down the pitch. Uh, Paolo Dybala got some rest. He should be back against Salernitana. I would like to see the team 
you know, now that they know what De Rossi wants from them, to at least have some energy for that lasts about 70 to 80 minutes. If you're not going to give me the 90 minutes, just give me 70. And you know what I would like to avoid seeing? Kandreva scoring a wonder goal because that lately that's been his uh, just his trademark. He's been on a roll. This guy, this guy who has been dead. 47 years of age. Uh, he's coming back to life and he's been on a roll. So I just and, and having seen what Rui Patricio did against Verona, having <laughs> seen that goal being considered, I'm terrified of Kandreva. I want to see a team that can replicate that first half. And keep up that tempo because Salernitana yes. under Pipo Inzaghi are horrible. Pipo Inzaghi horrible. is a horrible so coach. Bad. Is a horrible coach. I don't know. I still don't know why he has a job in this league. Because maybe because of that last name. But all in all, this is this has <laughs> to be. You just answered a, your own question. Yeah. It, <laughs> it has to be the. This is the perfect setup for if a team wants to know a coach, if they want to understand his mechanisms. Hey. That's a good stretch. You play a team like Hellas Verona who are being sold left and right because they're going bankrupt. You're playing a friendly in Riyadh, okay? And then you're playing against Salernitana who are dreadful and have been saved occasionally by the occasional wonder goal by Candreva. So all you need to do is make sure to keep Candreva out of the zone that you could concede from. (laughs) <laughs> and then just put your foot down and play the way you played in that first half against Hellas Verona. Move the ball quickly, you know. Put emphasis on good passing rather than, you know, throwing the ball at the at the back of, of the opponent. Try and, and, and play accurate. Play quick. Because as we saw against Verona, this team can do it. Doesn't mean they can sustain that tempo for far too long. But they can do it effectively enough to get the, the score line up to 2-0, 3-0. I mean, that's possible. It was possible against Salas Verona. They could have scored four goals in that first half, and they didn't, but they could have. If if Ricardsdorp doesn't pass the ball to just out of nowhere in front of the goalkeeper, I mean, we're talking about a different game. So, well, and two. The game where they apply everything they've hopefully learned in these last few days. Well, on top of what you just said, okay, Roma somehow, some way, I, I mean, you would think that a meteor came and hit metaphorically the, the middle of their season and it's done. If you look at the table right now, they could be in fourth position at the end of this round. I mean, that. To even be in that it's position. A possibility. It's a possibility, yes. Because this weekend you have uh, Fiorentina hosting Inter. Lazio are facing Napoli. And then uh, who's Milan? I know they are the difficult... Uh, uh, Milan-Bologna. Okay, so there's no excuse. To, again, uh, I can't say here. I'm trying to times, pretend that this is going times. to be difficult. But... Uh, but oh, oh, this is the but fourth of the time it's where there. Roma no, had the opportunity. It's it's an opportunity. It's right there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I mean to to think this is even possible, man. A- yes. After, after everything that has taken place over the last two first, weeks, yes, yes, and uh, incredible. But we are here and we're talking about it as an opportunity. Unfortunately, because of that managerial change. Because remember when Mourinho mm. was there, and we even said, mm. hey. 
even if we win win against Milan, what's that going to change, right? Because what is mm. this team made out of? And yet now there is this beautiful ambiguity about this team because there has been a, a change of tide, you know, there has been a change and you can feel it, you can sense it, that you get excited about the idea of seeing what this team is really made of because we knew what they were made of in that previous version. And so that's hence we said, even if you win against Milan, that is not going to bring you anything good because, hey, we know this team just loves creating problems time and time again. They lack consistency. But now I'm not so sure. I'm I'm genuinely curious, which is something that cannot be said for the majority of this season, what Roma mm. will do on Monday against Salernitana. Genuinely curious. That makes two of us. We will be back after the match. Until then, ciao.